This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. You guys, welcome to the show. We are in a series I love right now called For the Love of Being Seen and Heard. I don't even know if I need to add any comment on that. Just feels like what the world is missing right now, that we are struggling to see one another, to hear one another, that there are entire people groups who are being mischaracterized or misunderstood And the simple practice of seeing and hearing one another might just be the cure. So the topic that we're broaching today is one amazing example of what can happen when we really see people for who they are and begin to hear their stories. When we decide to open up our hearts and our minds to people living a different experience from us, perhaps, and allow ourselves to to consider their perspective, to consider their stories and their challenges, the way they show up in the world, and in turn, become more compassionate and less fearful of those differences. Gosh, it's literally what I want for the whole world right now. So for today, while obviously acceptance of the... LGBTQ plus community is growing, like literally all around the world, we have so much more work to do in order to address and reverse the, I mean, centuries of marginalization this group has endured. Media, businesses, churches, families, we can all be a part of lifting up the diverse and inclusive stories embedded in this amazing community. And while it is true that LGBTQ plus representation is reaching all-time highs in some respects, there is still obviously a need to tell way more stories about their lives. With recent pushes for legislation in certain states to reverse or limit rights of our LGBTQ plus friends, putting them really at risk and in danger. It's even more important to show this community how much we care, that we see them and that we hear them and that we love them. So our guest today has made amazing inroads here. She is so special. It started with something small, something simple, hugs. If you have been listening to our show at all, you might've heard our interview with Sarah Cunningham back in 2018 when she was talking about her incredible organization called Free Mom Hugs. Sarah's an author, she's an activist, a founder of the nonprofit of the same name, Free Mom Hugs. And the last time she was with us, she talked about how she got started with this very simple idea, which was attending pride parades in Oklahoma and holding up a very simple sign, homemade, that said Free Mom Hugs, and then what happened? The stories of LGBTQ plus young people who'd been rejected by their church or their families or their friends, how they literally fell into her arms. So I'm not going to steal too much of her story because she's going to talk about it. But Sarah's own son, Parker, came out to her as gay. And she did not know what to do because she was deeply embedded like in her church and in the faith community. And she'd only known what she'd known. And she'd only believed what she'd ever been told. And she'd really never re-examined any of it. 
and was trying to figure out how to reconcile her faith with her beloved son. And so that whole journey resulted in her book, which is called How We Sleep at Night. And that began her path. Sarah is super, super special. And since we've talked to her about five years ago, Free Mom Hugs has exploded, not just across the country, but around the world. She goes what she calls beyond the hug to educate and advocate organizations, really of all types, schools, businesses, everything. She's appeared oftentimes with Parker on the Today Show and the RuPaul Show. She spoke at the 2019 GLAAD Awards. She's been featured in so many national publications, the Washington Post, Woman's Day, People. And she's currently, fun fact, in partnership with Jamie Lee Curtis, who purchased the rights to her book and has discussed developing a movie based on her story. And so her goal really is to help parents and kids and extended families and communities have authentic relationships and kindness and understanding and compassion for each other. And she uses her own experience as a guide. So she is absolutely passionate about connecting with faith and civic and business leaders and government leaders in efforts to make the world a kinder, safer place for our LGBTQIA plus family. She is a hero of mine. And I am so proud of her and I'm proud to know her and I have learned so much from her. And so I couldn't be more delighted to welcome back the lovely, the earnest, the inspiring Sarah Cunningham to the show. podcast community. Get excited. Please welcome back one of our favorite people, Sarah Cunningham, to the show, your second time on. You are so dear to me, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much. I cannot believe it's been five years. I know. I was just looking at my notes, too, and I was like, how can it have been five years? Like, so much have happened and for both of us, both of yeah. our worlds have just gone just nuclear, like so huge. You almost said catastrophic. So, <laughs> I did almost say catastrophic. Well, we've had some catastrophe in here. We did have a global yeah. pandemic in the ensuing oh, time. And and also we're gonna get to it. I won't jump in too fast, but your work is more important than ever last five years. And so we're gonna get to it, but let's Let's just remember, let's see, five years ago, when you were first on, Free Mom Hugs was just a little baby. It was just a little baby finding its little baby wings, and I was just peeking in the windows of what it is you were doing, and I was, like, learning from you, and I was so fascinated with your approach. In fact, Sarah, I was just walking out to my office a minute ago, getting ready for this this call, and I was thinking about you. And the word that like just popped right into my brain when I was just thinking about my friend, Sarah, who now at this point, I've been around numerous times, of course, is that you to me are so pure. Something about Mm -hmm. you is so tender and it's earnest and it is, I don't know if this makes sense, but I just believe you. Like, I I believe you. I believe what you say. I believe what you care about. I believe you're motivations and I I just find you so trustworthy and such a good leader whether you meant to be or not I don't know what you meant what did you think (laughs) was going to happen in the last few years can you talk a little bit about what's happening in your world since the first time we ever talked five years ago well thank you so much and and in the beginning you talked about how time has just flown by you know, in those movies, when you see your life flash before your eyes, yes. while you were talking, I was just thinking all these snapshots of imageries flashed through my mind thinking, I remember just pre-pandemic sitting in my office. And at the time, I just turned a bedroom into my office and just mm-hmm. saying that. But it was surreal, just a time where I felt like Free Mom Hugs was just about to take off into orbit and someone just pulled yeah. the plug. And I thought, mm. oh my gosh, but we, we persevered, we pressed on and we did amazing things through the power of social yeah. media. So much has happened in such a short amount of time. No, yeah. I couldn't have ever imagined any of it ever yeah. happening. And 
what you call pure, I might call naive. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but it it served me well in the sense of just trusting your intuition and just moving forward blindly yeah. in many cases yeah. and just following your heart. You're selling it very gently because <laughs> I mean, really, it's not a exaggeration to say that this has become a worldwide movement and it just started on a little section of Oklahoma city. You took it from your just life, your real life in your neighborhood. And it is now it's just, it's worldwide. You know, we're in a series right now, Sarah calls for the love of being seen and heard. So obviously we came knocking on your door. Like this <laughs> is one of our best mentors for Aww. your work inside the LGBTQ plus community and truly like almost at the beating heart of what you do. It started, wouldn't you say, with seeing and hearing the community. Mm-hmm. Like like deeply. Can you I know you've talked about it before and we've had it on the show, but if you could just maybe briefly Talk about the genesis of the work where you just went, wait, what am I not seeing and what am I not hearing that I need to? Mm. Yeah, I remember uh, there was a time when I was just on the beginning of that journey that I call from the church to the pride parade. And it was like reality was setting in the bubble that I was in, the evangelical, conservative, mainstream bubble that I was in where everyone looked like me and talked like me had just shattered. And I wanted to take a banner and put it outside of my house on the front door, like welcome to the real world. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it's like my eyes are truly open. And I know it sounds cliche, but I live about 15 blocks from our gay district. Mm -hmm. And it was that journey that, that took us from a church that's about three blocks away from us to the pride parade yeah. without, and again, cliche, but not losing mm-hmm. my faith. But it was like being seen and heard is about acknowledging mm-hmm. another person, even yourself, perhaps, yeah. but acknowledging all your insecurities, everything yeah. that you have confidence mm-hmm. in, okay. and just reconciling that, tearing it down and building it back up because you're forced to face the reality. I would love to hear you talk more about that because, of course, your personal front door into this was your son who came out to you. And I am thinking about a person listening maybe right now early on, early on in in their personal evolution, if you will, of Mm -hmm. coming to see and hear the LGBTQ community in a new way. Maybe they're more toward the starting blocks. And I wonder if you could just maybe even describe a little bit what you, let's just say what you expected maybe to see and hear and what you actually saw and heard. What surprised you, especially early on? Of course, now this is your like whole community. Like these are your (laughs) beloveds and your precious people. And you know, you're deep in the bag at this point. But back then you came in with some preconceived notions like we all do. Sure did. Sure did. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could talk about what you thought versus what you actually experienced. Mm -hmm. Well, memories come to mind of thinking that, I was okay with people being gay until it was my son, but I did have Mm. a preconceived idea that they were, that they, as in the community, as in different then, as in, I had an idea that they were in need of fixing, maybe broken, Mm. maybe an overbearing mother or a distant father, you know, the the scenario, but just really thinking that I just had an idea of flamboyancy. Of coming ah. from the chandeliers and at risk behavior and just sure. all of these preconceived ideas of a person that was just so far from anything that was real. And that wasn't my son. And that was the reconciling, like those things that I had in my mind that mm. I thought described the gay person and the, the lifestyle, if you will. And comparing that to my son's like, that's not my son. 
you know, yeah. shouldn't behave that way. But it, it just yeah. sounds so absurd to even talk about now uh-huh. because I did have a preconceived idea that they were just heathens and uh-huh. for eternity and, you know. Sure. Well, well we I, were taught I'm, that. Yes, yes. And that they had just given over their lives to the enemy. And mm-hmm. then comparatively, when my son came out, I thought, that's not my son. He knows. Totally. He knows the God that we serve. He knows yeah. our faith, you know, and he he's a good, good God-fearing person. Of course. But then I think about the things that he went through that he must have mm. tried to, you know, had to reconcile himself. And I, I have a saying on my Facebook or social media page that says, no one has searched God more. Mm. No one has searched God, the scriptures, or themselves more than the gay Christian. And mm. I believe that wholeheartedly. Me too. And then, I, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but the first drag show that I ever went to, I really was still kind of on the fence then. And I shared the story before, but it it was like when I passed through that door of the boom here on 39th Street, which you're probably familiar mm-hmm. with. It's an uh-huh. iconic place here on the Gay Strip. But when I crossed that threshold, I really thought lightning might strike because I was sure. still an infant in that journey. And then I entered in that space, and it was a drag drag queen fundraiser for a mm-hmm. local homeless shelter for the gay youth. And I cried in that space because I thought, these are beautiful people. And they yeah. were raising money for, you know, homeless LGBTQ youth. And I was so moved by that. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, I've had this totally wrong. And I mm-hmm. believed a lie. I just had been duped. And that yeah. kept me from some of the most beautiful experiences I've had in my life. Totally. And one of the most beautiful communities. And um, mm-hmm. and if you're like a faith person, like you and I are, a fruitful one at that. And mm-hmm. I've talked at length about the very beginning portion of my evolution around this as well. Simply, you and I just weren't, well, I was raised in homogeny. And so everybody was the same. I didn't have to challenge any worldview with any sort of diversity because there wasn't any. Be it sexual identity space, racial, and you just pick it. Like everybody was genuinely the same. And so I remember early on in my evolution too, when I was just trying to sort it out. And of course, I think for a lot of Christian people, their hang up is simply that they want to be obedient. They want to be faithful in a generosity of spirit space. I would say that a lot of people maybe are not malintentioned. It's just simply lack of exposure. But I remember thinking so much about that story Jesus told about the the good fruit and the bad fruit, and I could not shake it, you know, because he was just like, look, essentially, there's just going to be some things that roll out, and you're not sure if they're good or bad. Like, some mm-hmm. people are saying one way, some people are saying another, you're, di- you're going to be, it's going to be unclear. I'm so happy he gave us that story so that we can apply it to all, like, future iterations of just human growth, but he was like, here's the basic deal. In general, good trees have good fruit on them and bad trees have bad fruit. And that's how you know. And I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. man, everybody says in my faith world that the good tree is one that is obviously not affirming. You know, the good tree is heterosexual relationships only, this is what it looks like. This is what identity looks like. And I see to your earlier point, Sarah, nobody has tried to be harder to be straight than the gay Christian. Right. Nobody. Like yeah. they used every spiritual tool we've ever been handed. And mm-hmm. so I just thought, well, where's the good fruit then? Cause I believe that I believe that good, fr- good trees bear good fruit. And then on the other side, of course, I was told universally the, this other tree where you are affirmed in your identity and your sexuality, where you're maybe on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, that is a bad tree. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> there's so much flourishing over there and there's so much joy and people have their mental it's health life. handed back yeah. to them. There's so much life oh. and kindness and goodness. And so that to me was my North Star as I began to go, I don't think I'm seeing hearing or understanding this right. And I wasn't. I'm sorry if I just monologued, Sarah. That was no, just I love cute. it. No, I love it. 
your origin story was just the most simple idea. I'll just show up with a handmade button and I'll just hug people. Like I'll just <laughs> yeah. pass out free hugs with no strings attached except for the word mom. And so I wonder if you could tell us a story of someone on the other side of one of those hugs. Yes. And so many, as you know, because you've gone to Pride, so you hear the story. Yeah. You hear just the heartbreak and, you know, the the people who have overcome. And I think about um, Parker early on mm-hmm. in his journey of self-discovery and then coming to live authentically, that he had people in his life that had survived the loss, who had survived mm-hmm. being outed and kicked out of the, their place of worship and losing yeah. their family and having to um, just seeing them go beyond that and, and thriving and having a yeah. place of their own and working and, you know, contributing to society and to see people that, that had faced what he feared and then coming mm-hmm. out on the other side of it. And yeah. so I'm so glad that he had people like that in his life that had survived mm-hmm. all that. They were survivors, the true survivors. Mm-hmm. But one in particular story that comes to mind is really horrific, and I don't know if you'll want to share it, but there was an organization here in Oklahoma, this is pre-COVID, and it was mm-hmm. survivors of conversion therapy, kind of like, well, I don't know what to equate it to, but it's a group mm-hmm. meeting of support that would met in a totally affirming church, uh, but mm-hmm. they they would share their stories of surviving conversion therapy. And there was this young, beautiful man who shared a story that he had gone to a church and the elders uh, invited him to stay like through a weekend and go through a series of um, a series of prayers and fasting and to overcome homosexuality. And they said, how you know if you're healed, and this is a true story, how you know if you're healed is if you profess, you know, the word of God and you throw up in a bucket. What? I, I know these are elders at a church. I mean, I could walk to this church from my home. I'm not kidding. And they're still open oh. today. I don't think they practice the same because, um, well, it's criminal. But um, anyway, he was taken down in the basement from the elders and they prayed over him. They fasted. and he ended up throwing up in a bucket and professing a scripture that wow. they had given him and they finally let him go. He wasn't held captive. He wa- he chose to be there. He chose to go through mm-hmm. this ritual, if you will, and then to, you know, be released from their, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words, to sit in his car after this weekend with the elders, mm-hmm. to sit in his car and put his hands to his chest and say, my God. I'm still gay and just being oh. so broken and thinking oh. that he had been healed from something only moments out of outside of that, that scenario, that situation to realize mm. it's still within me. It's at the very yeah. core of me still, even though I yeah. thought I gave it up. I thought I had released myself from this mm. and just being tortured. But now oh like I, I saw him at one of the first prides here with Norman. I saw him. And he came up to me and he was with his partner and he mm-hmm. had a lot of, of healing yet to do, but he had found someone and he was, you know, mm-hmm. able to love and live and just seeing that. Anyway, it's a hard story, but that's okay. it's happening. It's conversion therapy is still legal, sought out and paid for not far from that's where right. I live. That's right. It's not safe yet for our friends. It isn't. And no. I think there is, I mean, I, I will hold it in one hand cause for a lot of celebration in, in that how far we've mm-hmm. come. There's so much to be grateful for in terms of representation and sort of societal, like a huge movement in acceptance and love toward the community. And it's different than it was even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. However, we're not there. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's such a strange moment, Sarah, right now to be living in real time while we are watching some states just roll back freedoms and protections and, and of course, dignity for mm-hmm. the community, especially for trans folks. Right. And so this is not theoretical. It isn't ambiguous. This has real world effects on our friends in the community. And it's scary and it's demoralizing and it's dangerous. And so I'd like for you to talk a little bit because, of course, you are at this point highly involved in your advocacy. Like it, mm-hmm. it may be started out grassroots and local, but at this point, you are a true activist and ally for the community. So can you talk a little bit about how, where your focus lies these days and what is some of the continuing education you are doing through Free Mom mm-hmm. Hugs in your community mm-hmm. to, to teach people and to activate people in the ways that the community is being targeted? Yes, and I, I really do see wholeheartedly agree. We have made great strides. I remember after the Marriage Equality Act passed, you know, several people of the mindset saying, great, well, you have marriage equality now. What, what else is lacking? And I remember at that time going, thinking early in my in the journey and the advocacy is thinking, okay, we've arrived. But yeah. actually yeah, yeah. only a few months later to find out and hear about things called the Equality Act. It's like, mm. what the heck is that? Well, the Equality Act is that it's still legal in twenty nine states for my son or your child to be denied housing, health care, even yeah. thrown out of a public space because of how they identify. And yeah. the ACLU recently did a study where like 70% of Americans believe in diversity and equality and inclusion, equality, but 60% of Americans have no idea there's a problem because, hey, well, mm-hmm. you've got marriage equality. What else do you, what else does sure. you need, right? There's that mindset and it's not, it's just out of ignorance. And I use that term respectfully because mm-hmm. hello, sure. been there, done that. So right. you have 70% of Americans totally, you know, believing we have, we have a, a transgender spokesperson for KitchenAid. Hello. Mm. I mean, mm. but yet we have um, uh, cities and states proving to be sanctuary cities for uh, the yeah. um, transgender community. Here in Oklahoma, at one time we had more bills than anywhere else in America against yeah. the trans community. It's a criminal. Right. It's dangerous. It's deadly. And these yeah. bills might as well be hate bills, hate crimes, yeah. because... Right. They're burst out of fear and ignorance. Mm-hmm. If the representatives making these just absurd laws would spend one day with a mm-hmm. family of a transgender child, adolescent, youth, or even a 77-year-old individual mm-hmm. coming out of the closet. If they yeah. would just spend one day, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If they yeah. would spend one day with a doctor who actually, actually treats a transgender patient, client, uh, adolescence, youth, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be, ha- I mean, they would, you would understand, you would be educated. I believe you. You know, I belong to a private online Facebook group for moms with LGBTQ kids. Yeah. There's a subgroup for moms with, specifically with trans children, because it is mm-hmm. a different dynamic. Sure. And those women are making lists of places where it's safe to raise their trans children. You know, this is what's happening. And the average American has no idea because the transgender community is so small. Worldwide, right. it's a fraction of the population. So oh. unless you know someone who's trans or love someone who's trans or you are mm. trans, 
you're probably not aware of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, it's a problem, Jen. I'm very concerned Mm -hmm. for our trans friends and family. And that's why we need to see and acknowledge the community. I just couldn't agree more. And, and that, in addition to the very real physical danger that some of this legislation poses, particularly for the trans community, it, it just it, it also elevates the language that dehumanizes them mm. and demonizes them. I mean, genuinely, trans kids and adults are painted as monsters, as if mm-hmm. they are just out. To harm, and that is um, this tactic of using fear to keep them marginalized puts them in very real danger. Because when people feel threatened or afraid, however imagined the threat is, however absolutely invented it is, Mm -hmm. it puts them on the offensive. And of course, we see it violence against trans women, particularly, is so outsized, it is so disproportional. And so it matters. Mm-hmm. It does matter that we stand up as allies and friends and yes. members of yes. the community and say, absolutely not. This is, this is unacceptable. We won't stand by for it. And that's what you do. That's a huge part of your work. What do you see as good news out there right now in terms of legislation? Because it feels like a lot of bad news right now and not just mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, but in obviously what we're watching in Tennessee and mm-hmm. in Florida and just a lot of the, a lot of the red states is, it's scary. Do you see anything that makes you feel hopeful? I do. It's conversations like this. I see states that are suing other states for trying to pass these crazy laws. I do see representatives standing up. And the key to this is educating. If we can't cross the aisle and educate those who are making this insane, the insane bills, then we need to mm. continue to do everything that we can to let the world know where we stand as an ally, as an individual, Mm -hmm. let your neighbors know where you stand, your workplace colleagues. And it's just about educating whatever we can Mm -hmm. do. And what gives me hope really is where you can have a trans representative representing Mm -hmm. KitchenAid. You know, it's just just one extreme to the other here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, conversations like this give me hope. Working with the... Organizations like Freedom Oklahoma, the ACLU of Oklahoma, HRC Oklahoma, that's on a local level where I can see, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are really able to make a difference and educate. And if we can't, if we can't get in the offices to speak to and share with the representatives, then we can, we can share with and speak to our neighbors. And that's the most Mm -hmm. powerful thing. Our mutual friend, Liz Dyer, she's, you know, the founder of mama bears over probably I bet they've got 40,000 members now but these are moms who are getting educated politically they're learning what uh what they can do within their schools for their children uh within their places of worship they're changing the conversations at the water cooler I mean there's power there and can we can make every household affirming I used Mm -hmm. to think that the issue was like bridging the gap between the church. And yes, we Mm. need to vote against these matters that are affecting our children and our friends and family, but it's just about making every household affirming. And conversations like this, wearing a free mom hug sticker, t-shirt at the post office and starting the conversation Mm. that way, or supporting organizations like the HRC who are really doing the work. Yeah. I mean, I can't agree more. Like, we really are powerful as just ordinary folks. We really oh, are. Like, yes. genuinely, the elevating this conversation just just around our dinner tables and, like, on our streets with our neighbors mm-hmm. and at our little offices. This is, to me, I think we can look at some of the reversal that we've just seen with just, like, maybe the gay and lesbian community. And I mm-hmm. believe that's how it happened. It happened low into the ground. And then it was such a groundswell of affirmation and new understanding. And, you know, my daughter, Simi's gay. She's 23. Yeah. And and then my youngest, Remy, is a junior in high school. And they're six years apart. And she's like, Mom, in six years, 
the climate of of the high school that Remy's at that Sydney went to as well has changed in six years. Like mm-hmm. how many kids go to prom with their partners? And so, you know, I think we can look at a subsection of the community and go, well, it mattered there. It mm-hmm. did matter. And I remember there was a time when we just thought, oh, we're just, we're just spitting into the wind. And <laughs> yet the world looks really different for the gay and lesbian community now than it even did a few years ago. And so it isn't impossible. It isn't. It isn't impossible to expect and hope for change for the trans community. Right. Too. Yeah. And we, we, we hold a lot of power. I know we're not legislators. We're voters, of course. But to me, it's like you said, it's lower than that. It's, it's, it's lower to the ground. It is in community, like vernacular. And yeah. understanding and education. And that's where we all have a role to play, really. Yeah. It really does start within the home. In fact, when you shared with me about Sydney, there was a part of me that I was so happy <laughs> because, mm. number one, that, that she was able to. And, yeah. uh, and look how you just, you know, celebrated her so beautifully and publicly. And mm. I'm so thankful. But the, what made me so happy is that you being in the position that you have, the platform that you have. Yeah, the ripple effect of how you mm. reacted, Jen, mm. will go on far beyond you will ever know, probably. Mm. And the lives that mm. you change just by your testimony, and that's an old-fashioned mm. word, but you get sure. it. I think about one of the first, I thought it was a support group for high schoolers like mine, but it turned out to be for the adult transgender community. And so mm. I, I stayed because I was curious. I'd never been in the same room with a transgender person that I know of. And I remember Mm. after that meeting, and I'm a crier, but I cried hot tears in my Jeep because I thought these are beautiful, misunderstood people and how different their lives could have been if they would have had access to health care and support from their family, from society. Mm. And then you have people like Kimberly Shapley, who raised Kai Shapley Mm. and the mama bears, but you see her. Kai, I don't know, maybe she's 11 now, but she Mm -hmm. identifies as a trans girl. There is Mm. no shame, no shame in in who she is. She's so confident in who she is. And that's, you know, because of her mother, because of when we offer our children a platform and celebrate them, gay, straight, bi, trans, just celebrate our children to see them, Mm. to acknowledge them and celebrate them. you you raise up healthy, happy right. children. That's and right. these laws are keeping happy, healthy trans children from raising up to be happy, healthy trans adults. That's the problem. That's but right. it starts with you and me, and we're accountable to what we know. And so when mm-hmm. your listeners, your platforms offer conversations like this, guess what? Your listeners are accountable to what they know now. And to encourage people to stand up and say, I am a strong and faithful ally and I can make uh-huh. a difference. Mm-hmm. That's right. Anyway. That's right. And, and I, love so <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> I'm just nodding my head. just listening to you. like, yes, yes, yes. A hundred times. Yes. Speaking of all the brilliant, safe and impactful spaces you are creating, let's talk about your very first, conference coming up in September. Let's hear all about it. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is, and I'm so excited. Our executive director, Carrie Fletcher-Rollins, came to us. It's been maybe four years, but she's always had a vision of having a conference. All that to say, yes, we're having, we're planning our very first conference. It's called, the theme is Love Revolution. And I tried to get you to be there, but you've you already did. had other plans, whatever, Jen. I know. I'm, I'm, I know. Right now, listen, 2024, you're there, yeah. okay? Yeah, you're yeah, my yeah. girl. That's what you're I'm my girl. Because, <laughs> Give me the um, day as soon as you have it. Yes, yes. It'll always be around September, around yes. my birthday. But it's going to yeah. be here in Oklahoma City. It's the birthplace of free mom hugs. And it's my birthday weekend. And it just couldn't, the stars couldn't be aligning more perfect, except you're not going to be there. But, but yes, we're planning. We've got keynote speakers. We've got breakout sessions. And it's all about yeah. educating. 
educating and empowering. Again, the theme is love revolution. And, you know, as Free Mom Hugs, our organization, we have visibility down. We are visible. Mm, Yeah. And our mission statement is that we empower the world to celebrate the community through visibility, education, and conversation. Well, we've got the visibility down. Now we're working on the educational aspect of our mission statement. And so the conference allows us a space to educate, you know, to empower allies. And I'm really looking forward to it because not only just being in a space, we've making a way for our chapter leaders to be there, volunteers, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a space to be empowered. And I'm looking forward to what the attendees will leave with. And yeah. I know that when you go on tour, you share so much and I can only imagine what you hope that your attendees will leave with. Well, that's what yeah. I'm thinking through. That's what we're thinking mm-hmm. through. How can we empower these people to go back? with who they're with and where they're at using what they've got to make their world a better place, their neighborhood a better place for everyone. Because it's mm. possible. We've seen it, right? Yes, it We've is. seen it every That's day. Right. We hear about it every day. That's right. So it's I'm so excited. Great, I couldn't so, be more thrilled. Yeah. So, it, so we're talking, it can be members of the LGBTQ oh, plus community. Absolutely. It can be their parents. It can be their allies. Can it, it, it can be. All are welcome. All are welcome. People who are just wanting to learn more, but they're nervous. They're not, they're on the edge still, right? They're still peeking in the windows. Yeah. They're welcome too, right? Oh, goodness. What I would have done to have had a conference yeah. like this available, what I would have done. It could have changed yes. everything in my life. But yeah. yes, it is for allies, the community, people who are just starting on their journey. And I'm hoping, right. you know, what we find more so is that members of the community, for example, they'll uh, find out about free mom hugs and then they'll bring their aunt along or their mom. Yes. Hey, see what I found. Look at this good thing. Mm. And oftentimes that's how it works. Oh man. I'm so excited. I, I'm proud of you. I also know how much work going off of conferences, especially one that you're having to be as you always are, but, you've got to carefully tend to the souls in the building. And, <laughs> and you know, lots of folks will walk in the door with all manner of trauma and fear and confusion. Mm. And so like, it's a heavy, it's already a heavy load to, to build a, a conference. It's a safe space for the attendees, but yours, I would say is double down. And so you're the girl for the job. You are you and your team, and yeah. I will send everybody to that to that conference with full confidence. Like, thank you. That so is going to be a healing, beautiful space. Like, I already know it. Oh, that's a hundred percent guaranteed. It's so exciting. Okay, finally, also, I mean, I can't. You and I have talked about this, of course, when we're together, but I can't let you leave the phone call without talking about how. You're going to be a movie star, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> via Jamie Lee Curtis. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's just so special. You're so quiet about it, but it's just so, like, over the top what's happening with the movie. Can well, you just tell everyone a little? Yeah, I'm happy to. It's a, a just truly been the highlight of my life, getting to know <laughs> and meet this, this beautiful woman who I wouldn't even think she was real, except for I have met her. Just yes. so genuine and generous and mm. powerful, powerful woman. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, Jen, you and I, we are surrounded by some amazing women. Like truly. Right. I think about Liz Dyer, Kimberly Shapley, yeah. you, Glennon Doyle. Jerisha, I wish I was surrounded truly. by her. Jerisha. Yes. We yeah. are surrounded by some amazing women. We need to have a women tour. Like. Okay, okay. I know, that's right? another that's another conversation. <laughs> but listen, listen. But yes, she uh, did acquire. I wrote a book early in the journey, and I just wrote it for myself. But it turned into a memoir, and self-published. Never imagined it would ever do anything. Um, and then throughout the advocacy, I had a social media post go viral, and it caught the attention of Jamie Lee Curtis. We had a lovely conversation. I did think I was getting catfished at first, but it turns out it was a real deal. <laughs> and then, sure. 
she acquired the rights to my book and she, we had a script written, but then COVID happened and you know, I'm here and it's the first time I'm going to say it publicly, but it may be a COVID casualty. COVID just bumped everything back with the schedule. And then now so much has happened within the life of, of our family and free mom hugs that mm. it may be turned into, I don't know if it, it'll be a documentary of some sort, but it, it's yeah. evolving because okay. here's the, deal. the story is from 2014 and yeah. so much has happened. It would probably a be a little outdated. So mm. we still have a contract, but I just don't know what it's going to morph into. The chances of it saying uh, the Sarah Cunningham story, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Okay. She's still committed to the project. We still mm-hmm. have a contract, but girl, uh, it's su- going to mm-hmm. be a surprise. As well, they say you know in what? Hollywood, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> and one way or another, your story and the conversation obviously has mm-hmm. garnered the attention of a really powerful woman in entertainment yeah. who is such a good ally, obviously. And mm-hmm. so who who knows what that might morph into? that it's beginning, it's roots started here, but I believe that that'll bloom in a powerful way. And maybe we just don't know oh. what that is yet. But, you know, one time early in our relationship, she sent me, actually, she sent me a Jeep book. I love Jeeps. I wish they would sponsor mm. me for a tour, but, you know, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. But she sent me a Jeep book and in it, she wrote, wherever this begins or ends, no, wherever this takes us, know that it begins and ends with love and that was like the first note that I ever got from her but all Mm. that to say she's so if nothing ever became with with the book I she's just helped me so much and the life of free mom hugs and she believes in the mission yeah in fact I'll tell you she uh she donated money to help get our chapter leaders to the conference that's how much she believes in the power of the people Mm. and the mission of free mom hugs yeah, I'd love yeah. to hear it. Well, you know, I just love you, and I believe in you so much, you. and I've learned so much from you. I've emulated you. Yeah. I've drawn from your courage likewise, um, to likewise. kind of stand in the storm, and your story has meant so much to me personally as a mom, and then ultimately I, as a leader in my own world, but first there, like that's where it matters first and most importantly and so I am always on your team forever and so grateful and thrilled anytime we get to work together anytime we get to partner Mm -hmm. together and I love putting you in front of my community and I said it at the top of the show but you are so trustworthy and so genuine Sarah just so so genuine and sincere and pure and earnest and we just need one million wow. more of you yesterday. And so let's <laughs> well, rally the, the troops. Let's get them to the conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jen. I feel the same about you. And I know you give me so many accolades, but I, I want you to know I feel so fortunate to know you. And I've I've learned through you, too. You know, listen, mm-hmm. you've been through it, girl. You have been mm-hmm. through it. And I, I kind of live vicariously through you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud mm-hmm. of everything that you've overcome, accomplished, you. and the challenges you've met. And what you learned and how you share that is truly a gift. And that is Thank good you. for you, dear. Good for it you. It is. Oh, what a it. nice thing to say. What You're a nice thing to it. say. <laughs> now, I can't let you off the phone, off the call without answering the question. You've answered it before. You answered it the oh, last shit. time you were on the show, okay. and everybody gets to. <laughs> and you can answer it however you want. This, okay. We get all kinds of answers to this question. It's Barbara Brown Taylor's question. What is saving your life right now? Right now? I really want to joke and say lemon pepper wings, which wouldn't be a complete lie. I don't um, take I that answer. To, I, hope, <laughs> <laughs> I hope to have some today. But truthfully, uh, it's in the trenches. Uh, I would say what gives me life is just being in the trenches with local organizations like HRC Oklahoma, ACLU Oklahoma, Freedom Oklahoma, being plugged in and working alongside and just you know, following their lead and learning from them is just really given, given me life. And that's, oh, I know it sounds cliche, but it's, no, it doesn't. So I would, 
It does. Just encourage everyone to have lemon pepper wings and gift hugs you know, to local <laughs> organizations it. who are doing the work. It's, it's so a win-win. True. Being, it's a win-win. I mean, you can't, yeah. that's a no-fail, like, recipe right there. Um, that's so great. Um, yeah. And so lastly, will you just tell uh, the folks where to find your work? Where can they find more about the conference? Where can they follow you? Where would you send them? I would go one-stop shopping at freemomhugs.org. You can find your resources there. You can get plugged into your chapter in your state. You can find out about the conference, uh, sign up for our newsletter, become a monthly donor. We need your support. And it's not only about showing up at Pride. It's just about advocating and educating where you are. And That's right. Yep. And yeah. talk about a powerful group of of women. I mean, it is. If if anybody in this entire conversation, wherever you are, if you're in the community, if you're a parent or a sibling or a daughter, or you will be lonely no more. You will find <laughs> the most amazing community yep. of advocates, and it is just like coming home. So I will make sure yeah. everybody has all the links and knows exactly where to go. And as always. Just love you to pieces, and I'm so glad to have spent an hour with you today. Yay. Until next time, my friend. Thank you, Jen. God bless you, and we'll talk soon. You too. Love you. Okay. Love you, too. All right, you guys. As mentioned, I will put links to all of Sarah's work over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, including the show notes for this particular episode. You're going to want to follow Sarah. You're certainly going to want to be at follow Free Mom Hugs. I'll make sure that you have everything you need resource-wise. And just as a reminder, Sarah and I have this incredible me course on parenting LGBTQIA plus teens and tweens. And I'll put the link up for that as well. And so, so grateful to her and for her. I'm sending love to every single listener who is a part of the community, who loves someone in the community. You're parenting someone in the community. You're a friend or a neighbor or a sibling or a daughter or a son to someone in the community. I have so much hope for where we're going and the world that we are creating together. So much hope. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being a part, a super engaged part of this entire series. And there's more to come next week. You guys can't wait to bring it to you. See you then.